ESPN Honolulu brings you On Point with Artie Wilson. Brought to you by Ultimate Innovations, Artie Wilson and Associates, Hawaii State Federal Credit Union, and the Kahala Clinic for Children and Family. Aloha and welcome back to uh, On Point with yours truly. Good to be back with you. It's always good to come into the studio on a Friday morning riding the good feelings and, and the restful sleep that I had after a win. As much as uh, you try and distance yourself from the emotion of winning and losing because you're not actually out there competing, it's still very difficult, especially when you are invested into the university as I am. You want to see them have success, and uh, it was nice to see Hawaii find a way to will themselves to a, a win last night against San Diego, a team that was playing very, very good basketball, had just come off of a loss against uh, Long Beach State, where in talking with their coach, he expressed a little concern that they got outworked out, uh, by Long Beach State, especially on the boards, and uh, it happened again to them because I think the Rainbow Warriors had a little more want to than San Diego did, and uh, thus Hawaii gets a much-needed, much-needed victory in, in that game. So we can talk about that and a lot of other things going forward. Give us a call, 808-296-1420. You also can text us if you don't want to be on the air, if you have some comments or some thoughts. Cody Williams. First off, got to give a shout-out to the young guy who many have questioned whether he's a legit Division I player. Well, last night he came out and he performed. And Cody Williams played 24 minutes, made five out of seven field goals. He was two out of three from the three-point range, one out of three from the free throw line, had three uh, had had one rebound, he had two assists, no turnovers in 24 minutes, and he basically carried, I thought, the University of Hawaii in the first half of this of the ball game against San Diego. Shocked everyone, I think, including some of his own uh, teammates, because he was doing things that, you know, he's not a great outside shooter, but he hit two of three threes in this game. He he drove to the basket with purpose, scored, showed quick quickness, um, and did a decent job on the defensive end. So one of the game balls should have gone to Cody Williams because I thought he he stepped up big time, especially with the loss of Javon McClanahan. And my big concern going forward is Javon is going to be out Probably a game or two, if not longer. I hope not longer. But he lost last night. I don't know after looking at him last night and seeing the way he was carrying that shoulder, it would take something pretty miraculous for him to be able to come back and play on, on Saturday, in my opinion. Now, Javon's a tough kid, and he's, he's not had a lot of injuries. Uh, he bounces back, I think, pretty well, so... Let's not, let's not completely write him off, but 
I think it's going to be really difficult for him to come back with one day before the next ball game. Um, and I wouldn't risk it because the season is still uh, long. There's still, you know, eight, nine games left. And then the tournament, hopefully, if they can win enough games. And I would not risk it over the game on Saturday to bring him back too quick. We've got a bunch of uh, uh, things to talk about, and we'll continue UH basketball. But we've got our first caller, Sean. What's going on, Sean? Hey, how's it going, Artie? It's going great, man. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing great. And, you know, like right after the show, you know, I saw the NBA stars, uh, the reserves got released. And I was still kind of surprised that, you know, some of the players that, well, I, the ones that did get selected are quite worthy of it. Um, you know, in, in the West, you had Devin Booker, good choice, Stephen Curry, Anthony Davis, Anthony Edwards from Minnesota, who I think should be, you know, considered MVP candidate. Uh, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, another one I think Leonard is starting to really, really show that, you know, I'm going to make a lot of noise this year if I stay healthy. And Carl Anthony Towns. And then in the East, you had Bam Abubayo from the Miami, uh, Banchero from Orlando, Jalen Brunson, Donovan Mitchell, your guy that you wanted uh, last week, and then Tyrese Maxey along with uh, Julius Randle. And because of the injuries to uh, um, Damian Lillard and uh, Joel Embiid, the commissioner picked Trey Young and Scotty Barnes. I thought Scotty Barnes is definitely worthy. Uh, I'm surprised Jimmy Butler wasn't selected. Yeah, I'm I'm surprised Jimmy Butler wasn't selected as well. Uh, That is... I would have picked Jimmy Butler over Trey Young for for an all-star spot if if it was me. But, you know, and I know he's missed a couple games, but that being the case, you still had White from the Celtics that could have played, and he's he's worthy of an all-star selection. Um, you know, I, I just and and, he, and even in the West, right? I mean, DeAndre Fox wasn't even picked. Yeah, and that kind of surprised me. But I mean, who are you gonna take out? You're not taking out Booker. You're not taking out Curry. So who else can you? I mean, you know what I'm saying? Um, and, and while I, I, I will say Anthony Davis is playing much better for the Lakers, right? But you know. Towns and Edwards are absolutely deserving, and they'll look now, but the Clippers are competing for first place. Yeah. So they had a, they had a sit-back yesterday, uh, yesterday's game, but, you know, I, they're going to make noise. I mean, they, well, the Clippers, the Clippers, that's the team that I don't think anybody wants to deal with going, you know, as the season progresses and continues because they – I think they can they – can, uh, they can beat anybody on a given yeah. night. I mean, they are they are special. Yeah. If if their big guy comes back from his injury and can play and give them some quality minutes, they've got enough firepower. Uh, and Ty Lue is quietly one of the, I think, most efficient coaches of getting his guys to play and making some, some in-game adjustments. I think Ty Lue does a pretty good job at that. Yeah, and, and at the same time, you know, um, Harden is playing within, you know, within himself, and he's not, uh, 
he's not just jacking up shots, but and he's distributing the ball. He's being more of a point guard than I expected him to be. Well, now remember, remember, yeah. <laughs> uh, I said that Ty Lu, Ty Lu would either be player, yeah, Ty Lu would either be coach of the year, or his career would be over in in Los Angeles if the James Harden didn't come there and perform. And James Harden has has modified his game to be a good teammate, and he's starting to play pretty good team basketball without being a head case and going off on his his tangents. Uh, so the influence of Paul George, Russell, uh, Kawhi Leonard, and the leadership of Ty Lue has worked for, for James Harden, and he's playing, he's playing good team basketball. Yeah, and, and, and you know, the... I, I still get the feeling that that somebody in the East is going to contend with the with the Celtics, and I I I know it's not uh, I know it's not going to be Philadelphia because I think Embiid's injury and stuff. By the time he gets back, it's going to be late in the season, and I get the feeling they're going to be stuck, you know, doing the playing tournament. Now that's what Miami did last year, so it's still possible, but you know. That, uh, can you say Knicks? Kind of, can you say Knicks? I can say Knicks, but yeah. you know, the, to, to me, the, the the problem with the Knicks is not so much the uh, uh, um, the ball movement and scoring. It's still defense. It's yeah, still, that's still their Achilles heel, and it's they're not they're, they're better than actually most other teams still that play defense. But I, I still think that the problem will be is that the They'll have a hard time stopping teams like Indiana, um, you know, the yeah. Celtics. Uh, and by the way, already look out. The Cleveland Cavaliers are shaking up with, with Garland being healthy. That's a team that can really score, and they fly up and down the court. So yeah. I, you know, I uh, I wouldn't be surprised that Cleveland contends because they're, they're one of the hottest teams in the NBA. I think they've won like six or seven in a row. And, and 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 half of those wins are on the road, so it's not like they're playing at home. Are you are you disappointed? Let me just ask this question: Are you disappointed with Milwaukee? Yes, very. I, I am. I am, is, I am extremely disappointed at Milwaukee. I, I I I thought they would do a lot. Well, it doesn't help that Damian Lillard is, is hurt and out. I right. think that's a. That's I think that's a. That's a, that's a cog in the wheel that they didn't expect. And Dame was playing some of his best basketball in his entire career, which is saying something. But uh, everybody else on that team, especially the, the guy that I look at, and you know, it's it really starts with him is Giannis and his energy level. Half the time, he doesn't look like he wants to play. Yeah, Giannis. Uh, you know, before the Greek freak had this had this look about him that he wanted to be the best that he yeah. wanted to prove that he belonged, that, that it really mattered to him. Now the, he looks like he sometimes just goes through the motion and just, just does whatever and, yeah. and with no purpose. And, no energy. Yeah. He looks flat. He looks, he looks tired. He looks, worn, he looks physically worn out, and he's a beast of an athlete. Yeah, I, you know the one the one team I mean, and I you know I, I said this early on, you know I still see the Nuggets. Uh, last night I'm watching them play the Lakers, and you know Djokovic was being Djokovic, but you know he looked like he was exhausted and run down. 
It really didn't matter. Anthony Gordon, Porter, everybody, Jamal Murray, I mean, 29 Porter Jr., yeah, they. You're not going to beat them. If if Jamal Jamal Murray scores and and gets that double digit assist, it's over. You're not beating them. Yeah. And Brian Gordon, uh, they. They they have a lot, and they played without uh, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, KPT. Yeah, KPT. Yeah, Yeah. didn't play. Yeah, I mean they they played without him, and they still beat the the Lakers. The Lakers, the Lakers will 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 compete and play hard, but they're only going to go as far as LeBron can physically carry them, and I'm not sure he can. I'm not sure LeBron can win. Four out of seven games, four out of seven games in in consecutive playoff series, because yeah. he, he he'd have to be Superman, and he's close to it, but I'm not sure he can do it. You know, and, and they and, and they really got to start moving up the the food chain because everybody else, I mean, you know, like the teams that I mean, I think are starting to say like Dallas is, I think is coming down. I think New Orleans is still contending and fighting their way up. The Clippers are there. The Nuggets are there. The Timberwolves aren't going away. Oklahoma City made a move, so they, you know, they they think the time is now. And it's, you know, a young team like that, when they believe that their time is now, and especially when they run like gazelles, I'm telling you, that's the team to really watch. And you know, it's uh, it, it's it's fun to watch. Yeah, it is I'm fun to watch. You, this, yeah, so much great games that I've I've watched, and it's like blows my mind the skill set. I mean, everybody's a shooter. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, you know, centers, those seven-foot guys, they can shoot the three. It's like, holy Yeah, if you, if you can't shoot the game, you can't shoot the basketball, you can't play in the game nowadays. You better yeah. be able to stroke it and, and shoot it. Now, there is, a, there is a place, maybe one spot on every team for a guy who just outworks everybody. Um, yeah. But – but you better be able to at least score, get into the basket, either lay-ins, dunks, or putbacks, because everybody. I mean, there's so many guys who are just pure shooters, uh, yeah. and that's I mean, uh, that's unbelievable. I mean, on the Clippers, that kid Colin Powell just comes off the bench and scores what 18 points without even trying. Yeah, yeah. And it wasn't it wasn't three points. I mean, you know, I think he hit like two or three threes, but it was all drives to the basket and ones. Yeah, no. Getting to the and the, one. the Clippers, the Clippers are, they're frightening because they have they have a bunch of stars that seem like they are getting along very well, and and they're taking turns being a star. And if they're not the star, they're okay with it. That's maturity, yeah. and that's the fact that Ty Lue, I think, has really laid a certain foundation for that organization, and uh, they're following his lead. Well, and, and it all starts with Kawhi Leonard, Artie. Yeah, he's that's that's the guy. He's the one. I mean, and I don't see anybody in the league that can come close to holding him or trying to, you know, trying to, you know, stop him. He's going to get his points. He's going to get to the free throw line. He's, you know, all of a sudden he just pulls up and he knocks down the three like with ease. It's it's that, that guy is very good, and and we all forget. You know, he's the reason Toronto won the championship. Yeah. And, and they haven't even come close since he's left. Yeah. Right? They, they haven't sniffed anything. 
Yeah, well, he he's very special, and uh, yeah. they're special. It's going to be a good NBA season. I mean, we're we we got a lot of basketball left to play. The 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 All Star break will be here in in a few days. Uh, it'll be nice and, to have and that break. East and West, Artie. I love the fact that it's gone back to the East and West. Yeah, I mean, like this team. About, I thought that was all silly and kind of. I mean, why don't you just call it a pickup game? That's not. That's. I wish they would make it that. Whoever wins the All Star Game, that uh, that team has home court advantage in the final. Oh, whoever wins from that, that from that from that conference yeah. has home court. That that would be pretty special. Yeah, I, that's. I would love to have that happen. Yeah. Now, see if if you put something like that out there, these guys would really compete. There would not be free passes to the to the rim to do their their highlight dunk. There'd be guys meeting them at the basket to try and stop things. I think they, it's 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 still a horse race, and that's what I, I like about the All Star Game, and and it's supposed to be fun and stuff. But that last quarter, they should play for something, and I wish they played for home court uh, advantage for the finals. Yeah, that'd be kind of cool. Glad it's east, I'm glad it's east and west. Yep. I, I didn't care for the, those teams. Yeah. All right, Sean, man, look, appreciate right. it. Take care. Have a great weekend. Yeah, and who, hey, who, who do you have in the Super Bowl? I think it's very close. Uh, I mean, and I think whoever wins, it's only going to be about by three points or even less than that. And um, I, I get the feeling it's the 49ers. Just, okay. So I you just have a hunch. Yep. And, and I think the difference will be the running game. So is it Pacheco that, that runs crazy or is it McCafferty? And I'm probably leaning more towards McCafferty only because the guy is hungry. Yeah. He's got that look in his eye. He wants to win. Well, it'll be interesting. You're going with the 49ers. We'll see what happens. Thanks a lot, Sean. Have a good weekend. Take care, Artie. All right. We'll be back with more. Phone lines will be open right after this. Welcome back to the show. Give us a call, 808-296-1420 is the number. Breaking news. Chip Kelly from UCLA, he's on his way where, Tanner? Yeah, Chip Kelly will be joining Ryan Day's coaching staff at Ohio Ohio State State to be their offensive coordinator. Fun fact, Ryan Day actually played for Chip Kelly uh, back at an older uh, coaching day. Whatever UNH is, and I don't think it's like University of New Hampshire, but I'll look it up. Wow. Chip Kelly is leaving UCLA to be an offensive coordinator at Ohio State. And with how much former Pac-12 teams love poaching the Mountain West, I feel like the question does arise, which Mountain West coach is going to get poached this time? Unbelievable. Yeah, let's see what happens. I mean, Hawaii plays UCLA, what, the first or second week? I think it is. Yeah, officially week one, technically, so our second opponent. Yeah, if we can get somebody in week zero, which is a big if. But, hey, it could be interesting. could be interesting. Leaving a head coaching position to be an offensive coordinator must have been some very interesting conversations between Chip Kelly and the AD at UCLA about what his future looks like and then the opportunity and the the offer from Ohio State that's big. That's huge. It's going to be interesting. Well, because there was a bunch of offers or rumors that Chip Kelly was going to move on 
go back to the NFL as an offensive coordinator, possibly for, I think it was Washington, but then Cliff Kingsbury ended up being the offensive coordinator there. So I guess he made the decision to uh, stay in the Big Ten. I think you can officially call that now. Yeah. To stay in the Big Ten for him, even though he's never officially played a Big Ten game with UCLA yet. Interesting, interesting. You just mentioned something that, that we haven't talked about, and I'm curious what people think about it. Uh, Cliff Kingsbury gets the offensive coordinator position at the the Washington uh, franchise, and Eric Bieniemy gets released. And, I mean, thoughts on that? I mean, Chris, uh, Cliff Kingsbury hasn't had much success uh as a head coach, or, or I mean, has he really done a lot? I mean, the enemy has had tremendous success as the offensive coordinator at Kansas City, went to Washington, didn't have great success at Washington, but I think was was thought of pretty well. Interesting that Dan Quinn goes in there and does his his release, yeah? I'll say this. It kind of makes sense that they would go with their own guy, I would say. And maybe I'll say this for Cliff Kingsbury. My issues with him was anything really but the offense. Always thought the offense played pretty well, whether he was in Arizona or even at Texas Tech with Patrick Mahomes. Because let's face it, these are two guys that have worked very closely with Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. Um, I think if I'm looking at offensive coordinator, I I think Cliff Kingsbury would be kind of like that perfect guy because he wasn't necessarily a great head coach, but he was certainly valued for his offense. But on the side of Eric Bieniemy, I think it's tough that he only had one year to try to prove himself as a play-calling offensive coordinator. Um, and he was kind of put in a really terrible situation just because Washington had one of the worst offensive lines in the NFL um, and I would say the same criticism would be it sucks that him and Sam Howell, after one year behind a pretty tough O-line, uh, doesn't really get a chance to really prove themselves. But in the NFL, sometimes the windows are just that slim, yeah. especially when you're brought onto a coaching staff that was already on the hot seat, Ron Rivera. Yeah, I mean, the, time, I, timing, timing in a lot of situations is everything. And some people have patience, and they, they get the, the right time, the right opportunity. Other times you're given an opportunity to be a head coach, but the, the situation you're walking into is just not good. I mean, it would, take, it would take, you know, Vince Lombardi to be there or Don Shula or someone with one of the greatest, and even they would probably fail if you go into a situation where you don't have horses to, to play the game the way it's supposed to be played. It's also brand new ownership, so it felt like Ron Rivera was already on his way out at that yeah, point. Well, that, that happens. I think that's the same thing even with colleges, with the athletic directors. They, they, there's usually a one-year one year, uh, honeymoon period between existing coaches and, and athletic directors, and then in, in year two, the, the scrutiny becomes more apparent. And if, if you're not, one, winning, two, filling the stands, three, doing an unbelievable job fundraising, four, not having your players graduate, or if you have problems with your players, that uh, AD that just came in and is now kind of tucked in, 
starts to look a little harder at, at your performance, and you better get your game right or you might not be there. Give us a call. 296-1420 is the number. If there's uh, things you want to text us, welcome to text us at the text line. And I think, uh, Tanner, you have all of that at your uh, disposal. You can share with me if there's any texts that have come in. Funny, I, I get all these texts from people constantly uh, during the week about UH sports and UH basketball and excited about the women's uh, team playing very well and excited about the volleyball team. Um, Charlie, I can say this, Charlie Wade has has changed the culture here where people expect the volleyball team to win and they expect them to compete at a very high level. And it's nice to see. I applaud Charlie for being able to get this program to a point where where there are expectations. And it's great that there are expectations. I mean, we want we want championships. We want winning teams. Uh, it's not okay to be just okay. That 1% better slogan, that was not my cup of tea. And I think that they, they have, uh, the, the volleyball team especially has taken it to a whole nother level, and it's nice to see. They have a heck of a, a match coming up tonight against Stanford. And believe me, Stanford's going to come in here ready to Ball, ready to play. We've got Ken on the line. Let's go to the phone lines with Ken. What's up, Ken? Hey, hi. Good morning, Artie. Good morning. Um, yeah, thanks for having me on your show. Um, it's been a long, long time that I I listen to your show, and, and uh, usually I'm working, but I'm off today. So um, I just had a few um, maybe comments uh, about the UH basketball and, and wanted to hear some of your thoughts. Okay. Um, you know, I'm a season ticket holder, and, you know, uh, the, the team played really good last night. You know, a lot of people uh, were happy with seeing how they were being aggressive and driving the ball into the lane. You know, it seems like we've been living and dying by just uh, three-point shots this year. Um, but, you know, it seems like every year, uh, even when we had, like, Brock Stepto and now um, Jovan, I mean, the, sweet, the smallest player on the team is the most aggressive player that's always driving into the lane and, and taking baskets in the paint. And and seems like, I know, like, we have, like, a really good team this year with a lot of good players, but it, it seems like every year, you know, it, it, it's the smallest guy and only hit that, that's supposed to be aggressive. I mean, if you're not knocking down shots, you might not get to the foul line. But, um... I just really love the play this year. Um, it's the offense is something that always questionable, um, but I just wanted your thoughts on that. Well, Thank you. Oh, I appreciate your call. Um, UH runs a four-out, one-in offense. Uh, it's very three-point centric. Uh, they like to touch the paint. They talk about playing from inside out. They like to get the ball into the paint. And if a guy has an opportunity for a, a bank shot or a close-in shot, they they applaud that. They they don't mind people driving. But when you drive, they want to kick it out to a three. Uh, the mid-range game is not a huge part of, of UH's offensive sets. And they... Uh, 
They 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 live and die by hitting the three or or scoring at the rim or in the in the paint area. Um, but the little short jump shots are not they're not as much emphasized. I would say now they're starting to loosen that up some because I think guys like Javon McClanahan. He can't always get to the basket. He's only five seven, five eight. So he needs to pull up and, and take that short jump shot. I think Juan Munoz has shown an ability to pull up and take a short jump shot. You don't see it as much from Noel Coleman. He either is shooting the three ball or trying to get all the way to the basket. But there is a mid-range game that I think is desperately needed for this university to have success. They did it uh, last night with a couple guys. Um, and they got a win. Tomorrow's game against University of Cal Davis, that is that win right there tomorrow, that game tomorrow, to me, will determine the direction of, of the future for this, uh, this season because they beat San Diego, great victory. San Diego had no idea who Cody Williams was. They were preparing for Javon McClanahan. All of a sudden, Cody Williams, who might be a little quicker than Javon going to the basket. Uh, he's bigger, uh, strong. They didn't know what he could do. They were surprised. Cal Davis, believe me, since last night and this morning, they've had to scout on, on Cody now. They will be preparing for him. They'll also be preparing for Juan Munoz and, and, and what they were expecting from him. So there won't be much surprises or many surprises, I should say, on Saturday night. Um, other than that, there's not much more we can say. UH is, is desperately in need of, of continuing to win, and let's hope that happens. We've got another caller on the line. We've got Sean. What's up, Sean? Thanks for t- taking my call. I, uh-huh. um, I have a hypothetical question. I, I already know you have a career. I know you're an old-school basketball player. I know you're a two-sport player. Uh-huh. Um, but if you could have, you know, the hypothetical is if you could have coached instead what sport would you have coached? What level and what era would have you thought you would have been a good coach at? Well, I think I, off there. Okay, Sean, I appreciate it. I, uh, I played both baseball and basketball. I had actually more baseball scholarships than I had basketball scholarships, but I fell in love with basketball. Played both sports at UH. Um, if, you know, looking back, I had an opportunity to coach um, at UH. I was on the staff with Bruce O'Neill back in the day, was basically recruiting more than anything uh, and working with guards. But I had a pretty good success recruiting in the one year that I, I was out there on the road, had four legitimate big-time players committed to come to Hawaii when Bruce got fired and the program changed. I had an opportunity at that time after Bruce got changed and fired. Um, I was promised a position here at UH, and then the coach came back and later on said, no, I'm going to clean house and everybody's going to have to go, and you don't have a job. During that time, I was offered a, a position from Lynn Nance, who was the coach at Washington, who took a job at Iowa State University. He offered me an assistant job with him. I... Uh, turned it down because I thought I was going to stay in Hawaii. So I probably would have been happy to be a college coach. And who knows if that would have gone anywhere beyond college, but that would have been something I would have enjoyed. And it would have been basketball probably more than baseball, although I still have an incredible love for baseball. Hope that answers your question. Uh, Ten, are we, are we in for a break? 
We, we are. We need to take another break, and then we're going to answer more questions and have more phone calls right after this. Welcome back to the show. Give us a call. 808-296-1420 is the number. 808-296-1420. The uh, UH basketball team tomorrow has Cal Davis coming in. They've got some players. And I heard earlier, Tanner, you you and uh, Chris were having a discussion. Chris, I'm like, I don't know if we the team can get up to play another game. You know, it's a tough... You're a college basketball team. You're, you, if you can't get up to play another great team coming into your house, then you shouldn't be on scholarship. This team, and they've not had great success, so anytime it's like getting fed, you get a taste of a great meal. Do you want to eat again the next day or the day after? Absolutely. You better be hungry. And I hope this team will get hungry. I hope they'll be ready to play tomorrow. It will be a challenge. But I truly believe that what happens tomorrow will, will be very instrumental in the direction that this team will go going forward because they're at home. They're playing a top-level team in the conference. They're coming off of a, an impressive victory. Davis is coming in after a victory. Both teams should be riding high. Hawaii is at home. Remember, Hawaii plays Davis now, and then they will play Davis in a couple weeks at Davis. So this game is critically important to get a win, and I'm hoping that UH can do it. Javon McClanahan, most likely, unless he does a miraculous recovery and healing process over the next 24 hours, or 48 hours, probably won't play. And that's because, you know, if your shoulder can barely be moved one day, it's hard to imagine that it's going to get well and be able to perform at a high level. Cody Williams has got to come off the bench and do it once again. Can he? We will see. We will see. Tanner, what's your thought on that? I think my thought on that is that Joe, in the role that you would particularly, we've seen Jovan play the last couple of games where he's been coming off the bench. I think Cody Williams did an amazing job filling that role as being a, you know, he did a lot of really great stuff to be aggressive and to really attack the paint and to open up more passing lanes for everyone else. I think he had that one, he had a really solid pass to Ryan Rapp as they were both cutting in. I love that kind of aggression from a team like this. And I think what Cody did was nice because at that point of the game, the offense for Hawaii was so stagnant. It was as if you could you could hear a fly buzzing through the stadium. Oh, my gosh. The arena was, I said to Kanoa during the, the broadcast, this might be the quietest basketball game. We actually kind of played with it and said, this is like golf. It was like, okay, there's about to go and have a shot now. Everybody be quiet. I mean, it was the quietest arena that I've heard in a long time at UH. And there was like, there was no energy. There was no excitement in the arena. And then all of a sudden, Hawaii started playing better basketball and, and people start to go, we can win. We can win. And then they, they came alive. And yep. it, it was crazy. 
I have to ask you this question because I obviously haven't played Division One basketball. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's a lot more unnerving when you're taking a free throw and it is dead quiet. Like to me, I feel like that gets on my nerves more than a loud stadium when you're taking a free throw. Nah, it's, it, that, you know what? To be honest with you, doesn't make a difference. Doesn't make a difference if you if you really can shoot free throws. It doesn't make a difference because remember when you grow up. You grew up, there's always guys talking smack to you on the free throw line. So you, you grow up shooting free throws, guys talking about your mother, t- guys calling you out, guys saying well, your girlfriend's ugly, guys. I mean, they, they're doing all kind of stuff when you're shooting free throws, especially in the park, okay? So that, that is something that's normal. Guys can't even say anything on the free throw line now because the referees will step in. But it was uh, uh, it was customary to have people talk mess, mess to you when you're shooting free throws. So whether it's loud and people are crazy or not, it shouldn't matter. It shouldn't matter. Last night, there were a couple of guys who stepped to the line when Hawaii desperately needed. And one of those guys is a 50% free throw shooter in, in Bernardo. He came to the line and knocked down two critical free throws when Hawaii desperately needed it. And like you said, 50% guy. What did he do the one before that, though? He missed both he was, of those. He was, bu- <laughs> he was building the new stadium. Hey, look, he's just trying to stay consistent with his 50%. 50%. That's he right. He missed the first two. He'll make the next two when yeah. you really need it. Yeah, he came through big time. And the other guy who did not look real good shooting free throws, and I talked about how good he looked for the night, was Cody Williams. Cody Williams looks like, oh, this is not where I want to be on this this line here, boy. He he was stiff. The ball came hard out of his hand. It was, it was like it was shot put it up there. So, well, he, those were his first free throw attempts of the year. Hey, Cody, Cody Williams got more points last night than he's had in his entire career. Okay, so I mean, believe me, he he surprised everyone except for maybe himself. Uh, and he, he's had confidence in himself, and give him credit. The young guy got out there and played big-time basketball when Hawaii desperately needed it. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Now, I got to give a shout-out to uh, McCoy because Justin McCoy, that was the best game, in my opinion, that he has played this year because he balled. He, he went at it. He played. He is... Uh, how do I describe it? He played with some want-to that I haven't seen, and I, 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 I go want-to based on he grabbed some rebounds. He was aggressive going to the glass. He didn't just stay out there on the perimeter and let other people do the hard work inside. He went in there and grabbed eight or nine rebounds. Hats off to Justin Webster. Oh, McCoy. McCoy. God, I'm going to flashback right there. Uh, McCoy for doing what he needed to do to Hawaii to get a victory. Now, he's going to have a dogfight on Saturday because they've got a couple bigs at Davis who are not, they're not the most skilled guys, but they play tough. So between, between uh, McCoy and Da Silva, they are going to have to battle on the inside tomorrow against the, the bigs for Cal Davis. It should be fun to see. You know what I really loved about Justin McCoy last night, too? Other than being one rebound away from a double-double, the three blocks. Yeah. Those were all so big. And I always find whenever you're watching the broadcast or if you're there watching the game, when you see Justin McCoy, when he does that little head down, looks up, and has that sly little smirk on his face, 
That's why I feel like all right. He's he's that, he's, he's locked he's locked in. Yeah. Yeah. Well he had his stat line was pretty impressive. I mean, he made nine of eleven free throws. He was six for nine from the field. He had nine rebounds, twenty-two points, four assists. The only blemish on that, he had four turnovers as well, and he had three blocks. But I'll I'll take that line from from McCoy all day long because they need him to get on the glass and to rebound. He actually led the team in rebounds with nine. With uh, eight was Bernardo. And and the other guy who boarded up and played a nice ball game, surprised to me, to be honest with you, is Ryan Rapp. Ryan Rapp came through and hit some key buckets when Hawaii needed him. He also was, was I mean, Ryan Rapp plays with kind of a reckless abandon. He, he just puts his face in there. He puts his, I mean, he, he just exposes everything to go after the basketball. And that's what they need is a guy willing to do that. He has been able to do it, has done a nice job. Hawaii has six guys in double figures. That is huge for them to have from, from 13 or from 10 to 30 to 22 points. That's incredible uh, that they had that type of uh, balance and probably I'll say this, probably one of the most impressive wins that Hawaii has had in a few years under the circumstances with everything being considered. This would this might go down, and I'm not exaggerating, as one of Veron Gannat's biggest wins as a Rainbow Warrior coach. Veron Gannat, that's what he said to Bobby last night after the game. He considered this to be one of the best wins that he's ever seen from his team. Just, just battling back. Apparently, it was also like a tough week because apparently he had said on the uh, post game show that Noel Coleman was dealing with a sickness all week. So he even credited this game as one of his best games that he's seen Noel play, just battling back from you know being sick all week. Yeah, so well, going through all that stuff probably doesn't help a lot. Uh, doesn't help with the scout probably. Yeah. Well, Noel Noel had to had to compete and he had to play against Bryce Pope. Who played the entire ball game went five for sixteen from the field, zero for six from three, which is incredible. He got only ten points, no assists, no turnovers. That was maybe one of the worst games that Pope has had in a long time, and you have to credit Noel Coleman for that because Noel was in his jersey the entire game. Noel was with him everywhere that Pope went. That there you saw Noel. And and that's a credit to Noel Coleman. And this is a Noel that's fighting some demons himself. I mean, I don't know if I've ever seen, and I've been around basketball a long time, a team able to shut another player down, especially a player who can really score. But Irvine shut Noel down twice in one season where they Noel didn't score, which is hard to, I mean, that's just, I can't I can't remember that, but to credit Noel's his perseverance and his determination, he put that aside and he came out last night and deed up masterfully against Bryce Pope and really was the reason that Pope didn't get off and that San Diego didn't get that win. Let's take our last break and then we'll come back with uh, some concluding thoughts. Gotta get your Super Bowl prediction. And uh, we may have to do a Jamba Juice. I don't know who you're for, Tanner, but my Jamba Juice tab needs to be filled. We'll be back right after this.
All right, welcome back to the show. Super Bowl weekend coming up. Kansas City, San Francisco. Who you got and why? Tanner, give me your thoughts. I, I'm telling you right now, I'm going with Kansas City because I don't want San Francisco to win. That's all. That's just, that's why. Because I don't want the 49ers to win. And I know that may upset some people, but so be it. I want Kansas City. some people on the station. Now I, I want Kansas City to win the Super Bowl. Who do you want? Tell me see, why. The reason why, if you didn't see me, I kind of had a, a adverse reaction was because I've also been predicting Kansas City for the last week. And so there's always that curse of when an entire panel chooses one team. Yeah. So, But unfortunately, I really do think I can't bet against Patrick Mahomes. It's just tough. Unless he has some large deficiency on this offensive line, like how he did against Tampa Bay a couple of years ago. I just can't not say that he's going to lose so or that he's going to win. So I even say I think it's going to be Chiefs. Um, what did I say last time? I think I said Chiefs 31, uh, 49ers 24. Okay, so you're saying a seven-point ball game. I'm, I'm saying it's going to be the Chiefs by four. It's going to be close, but I think Kansas City will prevail. I'm saying the Chiefs by four. I may be wrong. And I think Kansas City will win it. I hope they win it. I don't want to see the 49ers win. I don't know why. It's just something about the 49ers. I just don't want them to win. I'm sorry. That's just the way it is. Let me ask you another thing before before we 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 end the show today. Is Doc Rivers the right coach for Milwaukee? I'm I'm laughing to myself right now because what are they since Doc Rivers became a head coach? What, oh my what are they gosh. one and four? One and four or something. Um, Doc Rivers said he's going to give his uh the bonus for the All Star Game stuff to Adrian Griffin. Uh, yeah, which is a great, you should yeah, which is a great gesture, amazing gesture. Uh, yeah, but you better because you are not doing anything. Uh, yeah, I'm not with the sure. Milwaukee Bucks right now. I'm not sure Doc Rivers is the right guy. I mean, and I'm not saying Doc Doc is a coach and he knows how to coach, but but I'm not sure that's that team's personality and makeup is is right for Doc Rivers. Do I, you remember when Ty Lue took over for David Blatt? Was Ty Lue on the Cleveland staff? No. Oh no, you're not so. here. Lou was the associate head coach, highest paid assistant coach in the NBA behind David Blatt. So this is where I think they got it wrong in Milwaukee. You should have kept that in 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 your organization. Yeah. Because the the name of Doc Rivers is so great, but he hasn't been with this team all off season and season long. Yeah. What does he know about this team? Only that only for like the games that maybe that he's commentated about. Well, yeah, Doc and Doc, what did they give him? They gave him a five year contract. Something. I mean, he 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 better have some longevity because I think this season they're gonna be sitting there going, What do we do? We overreacted. We we moved too quick. I'm not sure Doc is the right guy for for Milwaukee. It's it's a forty million dollar deal through twenty twenty seven. So, so about two or three, uh, three, years, years, three years, 40 million. Yeah. I'd take 40 million though. I mean, yeah, it may not be the right fit, but for 40 million over three years, not that doc needs any more money, 
But I would I would clearly uh, take that job. Oh, by the way, we were wrong about his record. It wasn't one in four. So sorry to everyone out there. He's actually one in five. Okay, yeah, because they just lost again. I know. Yeah, Doc has been struggling, and it'll be interesting to see going forward if he can if he can be the guy. I I'm I'm not sure he is. It'll be interesting to see. Uh, tonight, Hawaii, Stanford, do over. Once again, listen to Tiff. It'll be great and exciting. Uh, it'll be right here on uh, 1420, uh, six, what, 630 pregame show? Uh, 645. 645 pre-match, pre-match uh, discussions. And then the, the match will start a little bit after 7, probably 702 or so. Or uh, 701 and 47, oh, 47 seconds. seconds. Yeah, that's you know how that is. Uh, so it should be fun. Uh, hopefully the men can... Rise to the occasion because Stanford's going to bring it. I can assure you, they're not. They're not going to come and think they're going to get beat again. They want to win, and they should uh, bring it. And hopefully, our men will bring it. Good luck to the Wahine tomorrow on the road as well against uh, Davis. They need to get another win. And Laura's girls are balling. Love to see it. The men step up tomorrow. Prove something to everybody. We'll see you next week, Hawaii. Have a fantastic weekend. Happy Super Bowl win, Kansas City. Aloha.